So we literally just picked up our bags and our children and left everything behind and um, found our way. It took a long time to New Zealand. Literally with two suitcases and two babies. And no job. No job. (laughs) And that's where we started again. So we had to start right from the beginning, and that was a catalyst to so much of where our life went from there and our understanding of the hardships of life yeah. um, right the way through. So it was, um, in fact, very valuable. A good foundation. Yeah. Hello and welcome to the Wake Up With Gratitude podcast, where we share tips, tricks and hacks on how to practice gratitude daily. Whether you're a gratitude guru or you've lost your gratitude journal once again, we've got you covered. We share personal and authentic stories from our guests who are entrepreneurs, business professionals, parents, caregivers, and everyday human beings just like you and I. I'm your host, Julie Boyer, and I'm an intuitive business and health coach, and I'm here to inspire you to choose to wake up with gratitude every single day. Hello, friends. Welcome back to the podcast. It's Julie Boye here, and I'm excited to welcome you to this episode of the podcast. It's the third in our series of three episodes around neuroscience and gratitude. I'm welcoming Christine and Brian Phillips today, all the way from New Zealand, and their business and work is all around your hidden mind. So we're going to learn about something that you've probably never been introduced to before, And we're going to have an incredible journey through Christine and Brian's life. They have had so many adventures that have brought them to offering your hidden mind and really helping people to change the way that they think and to restructure and reframe old memories. And there is an incredible science behind the work that they're doing. Their daughter is actually performing clinical trials right now on this work. So it's a very exciting thing for us to take a look at. And I'm just so happy to have them on the podcast. They are two very grateful people that choose to live with gratitude every single day. I will say that explaining what your hidden mind and the process behind what they do with these things called wraps is more than we can go over in the podcast. So I'm going to share some very important links with you in the show notes. So if you want to learn more about how this works, I will share an excellent YouTube video that clearly explains how this all works. And then the link for if you want to get involved in some of this work as well for yourself. As we approach the holiday season, I wanted to say thank you. This has been an incredible second year of podcasting, and I'm thrilled to say that the podcast has been growing month over month, and that's thanks to you. Every time you listen, download the podcast, share an episode with a friend or on social media, or leave a review, it helps others to find out about the podcast. And that is truly the way that this podcast grows. So thank you, my friends. Thank you for everything that you've done to help Wake Up With Gratitude grow. I'm very excited to announce that in season three, I'm bringing more gratitude experts onto the podcast. I've connected with an incredible community of people who, like me, have made their life's work around gratitude. And I am so excited to share these experts with you starting in season three in January. We're going to have a couple more episodes between now and the holiday season with some great stories that I'm excited to share with you. 
Stay tuned. Lots of great stuff coming up, not only in this episode, but well into 2022 with the podcast. Okay, friends, let's dive into this episode with Christine and Brian Phillips, all the way from Auckland, New Zealand. Hello, and welcome to the Wake Up With Gratitude podcast. I'm your host, Julie Boyer, and today I am connecting across the globe, all the way from Auckland, New Zealand. A hearty welcome to Christine and Brian Phillips. Hello, my friends. Hello, how are you? Thank you for letting us come and join you. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. I love the fact that technology allows us to connect in this way. It's amazing. So um, Christine and Brian are pretty incredible. They have this system they created called Your Hidden Mind. And it is a new branch of generative contemplative practices that are based on the neuroscience of memory reconsolidation. I use a lot of big words in the description, which comes directly from their website. And we will get into all of this. But what I will say is, you know, doing my own preparation for this, because it is something that, you know, most of us have never seen or never heard of before. I, you know, can understand how incredibly powerful this can be. So I'm excited to get into that. But as my podcast listeners know, I always ask for the backstory first. So, you know, seeing the two of you, Working together as a married couple, I want to hear how the two of you met. So maybe Brian, you want to share that with us? Uh, well, I was in New Zealand, and I was in Africa. I grew up in Africa, and Christine grew up in New Zealand. And all Kiwis do what we call OE. They get an overseas experience. They all travel, and Christine was no exception. Mm-hmm. And her and her colleague headed off to heading to Europe, but stopped off in Cape Town and then by boat. By boat, that took some time. Wait, what? You took a boat from New Zealand to Cape Town? Yes, yes, yes. Around the bottom of Australia, t- took several weeks and um, and uh, stopped in Cape Town. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> he was still further up yep. in Africa. <laughs> and then she hopped into a very slow Land Rover vehicle and spent hours and hours driving up to where I lived, which is now known as Zimbabwe, was known as Rhodesia there, and decided to come and visit up there. And after a couple of interesting episodes, we <laughs> we had met a few times. We actually remembered that we'd we met. We actually remembered we'd met before. <laughs> and we got to know each other in Africa, and I carried on. I was flying in Africa then and because we had a civil war. She and her colleague headed off back and through Mozambique and another very slow boat <laughs> down the coast of Africa, Africa. <laughs> and then back all the way around up to Europe. And that's where they stayed for a while and went their own ways. And then my friend went through to Russia and I went through to Turkey and did all those countries right through there. It was yep. this all took a number of years, by the way. This is not. Quick. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was a different time of travel, I'm sure. So. Yes, yes. Yeah. I, I, yes. I worked along the way and Brian was still in Africa working um, yeah. at, at what he was doing, which was flying. Yeah. And then she flew back and we got together and after a while we decided that maybe a good idea that we actually <laughs> make it a bit more permanent. <laughs> so we made it a bit more permanent. We got married and then. We started a family, and uh, life sort of changed a bit while we while we had, had due to a, a war. war. Yeah, and we came to a 
time in our life where we could make a decision, which were out. By then we had two very young children and babies, and we decided that their future was important. As much as we adored Africa and everything about it, we felt their future lays somewhere else why Africa settled down. So we literally just picked up our bags and our children and left everything behind and um, found our way. It took a long time to New Zealand. Literally with two suitcases and two babies. And no job. No job. (laughs) And that's where we started again. So we had to start right from the beginning. And that was a catalyst to so much of where our life went from there and our understanding of the hardships of life um, right the way through. So it was, um, in fact, very valuable. A good foundation. Yeah. Wow. So there you go. Oh, my gosh. Since then, um, Brian, through his work and and us, we've just we've travelled and travelled and travelled. Yeah, Antarctica, traveled. throughout the Americas, Asia, <laughs> Europe, uh, Africa, yeah, everywhere. Been, been around a little bit. Are you a commercial pilot, Brian? Or no, you- mainly I was a military pilot. You're military did, pilot, okay. Yeah, but I also did other flying, but uh, principally a military pilot. Yeah, and and principally helicopters. Okay, so are you? What country are you both originally from then? <laughs> uh, England. I was, actually, I, was, I was born in England, but I never lived there. Okay. I was back in Africa before I was uh, two months old. Wow, okay. And then, Christine, are you Australian or from New Zealand? No, I'll never say that, never say that. Never, never, never mix Australia. And no, I'm not. That's why I was making it clear. I was like, you said, around. you said you left and you went around Australia to get to Cape Town. So I just wanted to make sure you are from New Zealand. Absolutely, 100%. Yeah, 100% Kiwi, yep. It's the yep. same in Canada. We don't want to be mistaken for our <laughs> Although I have so many American friends that I know and love. Yeah, very much. Exactly. I traveled, um, I backpacked a number of years ago around Europe. And I met many Kiwis. And so my first question always when someone has a different accent than mine, I say, oh, where are you from? And instead of just assuming that someone is from somewhere, because honestly, like, Brian, I mean, there's no way we could figure out exactly where you came from just based on your accent because you've lived in so many places, right? So I think it's it's interesting (laughs) the way that the two of you met and ended up. And then, like you said, fleeing a war, that is a huge I mean, it can also be, you talk about it as a gift and that kind of thing. It's also traumatic, right? Oh, oh, totally. totally. Too, we lost too many friends. Mm. Yeah. And too much. And yeah, it was too much. It was everything. A, a real, um, real eye-opener having to start from with nothing. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And then, so you started, did you start your business right then? The, no. no. Okay. Okay. This is a tricky one. Um, Business-wise, because we had nothing and we had no jobs, we did every job that you could imagine. Any job that came our way, we did it. We Both of us worked four and five jobs at a time. Until Um, I could get back into flying. Yeah, until he could get back in, yeah. So um, that was fortunate as well. That gave us another um, area of expertise, let me put it like that. Um, I continued and I did a lot of work in accounting as well and I also continued in um, health and fitness. I've done fitness because my father was a New Zealand um, well-known rugby player and a New Zealand 
number one tennis coach, and I was surrounded all my life by um, my young life by uh, fitness um, regimes. So I took that back out into the world, and I did fitness right up until um, three years ago. Mm. Oh wow! Okay, yeah, I was trying to. You admit I because I just got what I love about this podcast. I get the chance to discover people's stories as we go, and all I did was read the about part of your you know website. So I didn't know a lot about this story. I know New Zealand has a very long history with rugby, right? Yeah. It is it is one of I, I well probably the best nation right in rugby. Absolutely, yeah. yes, yes. Absolutely. So that's interesting that you come from that lineage of rugby as well and health and fitness. And yes. Brian, you then got work, you returned to work as a helicopter pilot? It was interesting. I, very uh, difficult. It was very difficult because <laughs> oh. I, I couldn't transfer my licenses across ah. because I had because you have to be able to fly. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> so, that's 22. <laughs> Yeah, but fortunately, my mother-in-law had some contacts with the then Prime Minister, and he managed to speak to one of his ministers, and I, um, we were given, because um, Christine, they changed the law, fortunately, around that time. Prior to that, Christine, being a woman, her children or her husband couldn't get automatic citizenship in New Zealand, but subsequently, they changed the law, and that happened, and so... Finally, we could stay. <laughs> so because they were able to give us, uh, we were able to apply and get citizenship through Christine, I was then able to apply to the Defence Force. And, and because I was a military trained pilot, uh, they said, and I was now a citizen, they were able to accept me in and I was able to then get in and start flying again. Wow. Uh, your story has so many twists and turns. Um, you mentioned just briefly, you just dropped in there that you'd lived in Antarctica because that's that's also quite the experience. I imagine it's not something that many people have the chance to do. So how did you end up in Antarctica? Okay, so New Zealand has a, a base there and the US and everything. And every summer season, they um, send helicopters from the US used to send helicopters down there to support the scientists. And we would have an exchange. We'd have a pilot go and an engineer go down. But one seat, so I managed to do one an exchange with the with the US Navy and fly and support the scientists one season. So that was fantastic. But when I came back the next season, the, the US couldn't support the scientists. They didn't they didn't have the helicopters, they had work to do. So we had to send our own helicopter down. And I was given the privilege of leading the, the detachment. I took the whole detachment down and flew down there. And uh, so, so I spent another three months, I did two, two periods of about three months down on the ice, uh, supporting the scientists all around Mount Erebus and absolutely fantastic. And because at that time I was based in the South Island running the unit down there for search and rescue and I did 30 plus, 36 plus rescues in my time. And in fact, I'll say it, and, um, I was actually got accommodation from Her Majesty for my work on search and rescue and leading the team down to Antarctica. <laughs> wow, that's amazing, Brian. I, I'm i just in awe of all the amazing things and your story that I'm sure lead to eventually, you know, developing this, this system yes. that's totally revolutionary. So, Christine, during this time now, so uh, Brian is now, you know, serving as a, a helicopter pilot. He's doing that work. Are you're, You've got two young children. 
Yes. Are they a bit older now? Like, what was, did you? <laughs> no, no, but, uh, no. Um, one was only newly born when we when we arrived. Um, in fact, that one had been born in a country where, according to statistics, she hadn't been born. So we had a bigger issue because she was a citizen of nowhere. Oh but eventually, um, because Brian had been born in England, England gave her a full birth certificate and that enabled us to bring her with us um, to New Zealand and it has impacted her life in in many, many, many different ways. Um, So she can't make up her mind whether she's English or she's from Africa or whether she's from New Zealand. She can have a passport anywhere. (laughs) And this is your your daughter, Wanda? Yeah, I mean, she lives in Singapore now. She's in Singapore now. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. (laughs) <laughs> so yeah, so um, I I just did I did every job that you yeah. can imagine. I literally real, real entrepreneur. We, we had nothing. We had nothing. Yeah. Literally nothing. We had no food. We had no accommodation. We had nothing. <laughs> so um, I did every job that you could imagine. I'm a very proud cleaner. <laughs> a fantastic job. Absolutely essential <laughs> yeah. job, and yeah. a good job for a parent as well, right? Because you yes, have yes, more flexible yes. hours. So. Yeah. So then um, when did you start kind of into this work that you were doing? Because you're doing work that doesn't exist anywhere else as far as I've seen. It's revolutionary. It's new. So how did you get into like brain science and neuroplasticity and all these things? You both come from such different backgrounds. You know, I was like, how do we get to, to this? We didn't know we were getting to this. Let's put it. That's how. That's how evolution takes place. We didn't know. Right. Um, all we knew is that we, because of the work that I did in the health industry, um, I had many clients. I also um, ran. I had a language school as well. I taught English, and I had thousands upon thousands of. Um, students come through and all I could see was just a a sea of humanity who had problems, um, unresolved problems, no matter how hard they tried to fix their problems. um, They were always sourcing something outside themselves. In other words, a stranger, Mm -hmm. because anybody outside yourself will never know you. And all of this started to play on our minds it wasn't just me. And along the way, Brian lived in other countries. While I was in New Zealand, he didn't, he was sent all sorts of places. And with his work, he lived in other countries. And we didn't see him for a year or so at a time. Um, when he was away, he contemplated more and more and more about this. And so he did lots and lots of research along our thought pathways and ended up with um, joining up with Gary Gary Craig and the the EFT system many, many, many years ago. This is right at the beginning beginning. of EFT. And he trained and got an advanced EFT practitioner's level. But he could still see something was missing. Can we pause and, for one sec? Sorry, because often we use short forms and my audience doesn't always know what those mean. So can uh, you just explain what EFT actually means? Oh, in the <laughs> Emotional freedom technique. Okay. And a lot of people now know it as tapping. Tapping. And you'll see people tap Prince around. Harry. And all that. They all do tapping. I, I mean, I love it. I use it myself. 
But yeah. what I've learned is that uh, short forms that might be obvious to me because I live in this space, often some of our guests, our Absolutely. listeners don't actually know what that means. And EFT actually has other connotations today as well. So we want to be clear what we're talking about. So emotional freedom. Sure, okay. yeah, sure, Continue yeah. with the story. So this is the foundation, the beginning of this time. Yeah. Because he could see the value of this, but the, but the missing factor was you still 90% of the time needed a stranger, somebody else, to assist you on your journey. And um, so that's where it all yeah, started. Yeah, I mean, it, it, you may well know you work with people. And I, we've done all, I've looked at all the other modalities and all that, so it's not just isolated. But what we found is that with EFT is very good at triggering the subconscious is what we want. But when you do it yourself, it's not that easy because you're always using your conscious brain and your conscious brain doesn't do the work that you need, which is to trigger the subconscious and re reframe those memories or revise those memories. Mm -hmm. When you work with somebody, I have no idea what's going on in your brain right now as likewise mine or Christine's, okay? Mm -hmm. yes. So I can make a statement or I can do something and that will bypass your your conscious protection barrier mm -hmm. and leap into the subconscious and trigger a memory, a thought, an image, okay, which is what you want because that's the only way that you'll find those old memories and be able to revise them. That's what that memory consolidation is all about. So what people found and what I found, people would say, please, can I have a session with you? You have a session, they say, oh, that's fantastic. I've, you know, I've achieved a lot, whatever. Uh, can you write down what you said? Well, no, I can't remember because I don't record it and I don't believe in that. And anyway, it's it's but irrelevant it's because it's finished. <laughs> right. It, it's gone. They say, so when I work with myself, I don't get nearly the same effect. In fact, I struggle. I struggle to find the words and all these sort of things. And that's exactly correct because that's how our brain works because we have a protection. And that's where we sat down and thought there has to be a way where we can put ourselves in somebody's pocket without being there because you can only do one-on-one -on -one and, you know, and there's millions of people. Yeah. And that will achieve the same thing as if I was there asking the question or Christine was there making a statement or whatever it was. And that's where we started doing more research into that side and started coming up with a way around it. And that's where Christine actually started writing what we call our rhythmic activating prose, our raps, which is the foundation, the tool of our system. We'll be right back to the podcast in just a few short moments. My friends, I have a gift for you. I created a beautiful gratitude meditation that you can download directly to your phone. What I love about this gratitude meditation is that it's a great way to start your day. And I encourage you to turn your phone on airplane mode before you go to sleep. And the nice thing about having a meditation that's downloaded to your phone is that you don't need to turn your phone off airplane mode before you start your day with gratitude. So to access this gratitude meditation, please visit bit.ly forward slash gratitude love letter. It's all one word and gratitude, love, and letter are all capitalized. So that's bit.ly forward slash gratitude love letter. As a bonus, I'll be sharing with you my weekly gratitude love letter into your inbox. It's something that will bring joy and happiness and of course, gratitude to your inbox every single week. That way you'll never miss another episode of the podcast. 
you'll hear about other podcasts and blogs and articles that I find interesting and want to share with you. And I also share some of my favorite photos that I've taken that week. So if we're not connected on social media, you'll get the best of wake up with gratitude in your inbox as well. All right, friends, let's get back into this episode of the podcast. So I made some notes when we first connected about, you know, what you were trying to do and correct me if I'm wrong, you're trying to help, um, the person, the listener, whoever to get more into a resting state. Is that right? So your brain is allowed, your subconscious is allowed to do the work. Your, your executive state, your thinking only uses about 5% of the brain's capacity. Uh, meanwhile, the other 95% is your is what's driving you to do what you do, regardless of how you think. Something is driving you. And so the uh, that's called the resting state. That's that's the part that you you cannot consciously enter yourself because you're always protecting what your drivers are. Your drivers, you believe, are there to keep you safe. Right. All right. Yep. So getting into that part was the key. And it took many years of development as to and working out as to how you could get into that state um, without controlling your your defenses controlling you. Okay, so if when you go to a listen to anybody, you've you've got your protections walking in front of you before you even open your mouth to tell them anything about you. You're only going to give them the version that will protect you in the moment, right? Yeah, fair enough. Yes. Okay. Okay. So this is a problem because it's not the truth of the driver. Which is very hard to get to. Well, you can't. You you literally cannot get to it. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. not directly. Not directly or consciously. And this is where our daughter came in because she thought we were crazy, and um, like most people do. (laughs) (laughs) And um, But she could see all the results that were happening around us with the people that we were working with. And so she flew back to New Zealand to interview all these people because she just could not believe it to be real. And um, back she went, she was living in Australia at that time, back she went and she then started researching the neuroscience side did a whole of, a study, of yeah. what we're doing. And she did, did a course, lots of courses and goodness knows what. And she finally realised uh, from a neuroscience point of view what it was that our work was doing that we didn't know was neuroscience. Mm. How's that? Okay, I have a bunch of questions. <laughs> <laughs> this is good. Okay, I'm curious. So your daughter, was she already a scientist before all of this? Like had she been studying in science? and, and She studies, brain? no, she's not no. science. She just is incredibly brilliant, a polyglot. Um, um, and she, um, no, she's just, she, she's done more degrees, research, um, in. Yeah. When she decides to find <laughs> she's something, you know, um, stimulates her, she gets into it. <laughs> Got it. I understand that. Absolutely. That's an amazing yeah. quality. So she, 
because I was curious about how that, you know, that the connection between the three of you working together also happened. So um, I just want to fill in, you know, a little bit of a gap. So, uh, you know, Brian, did you decide then to retire from your career um, as a helicopter pilot and then, you know, do this, this work? Was it alongside or was it something that you kind of made a, a switch to? This is funny. Actually, I I retired and and I went and flew and ran simulators and built simulators and was in Asia doing a lot where this all started. Then I came back here and... That was in Asia, just in case you missed that. That was in Asia. And then came back and did that here as well. Okay. And this this was alongside it. But then this started to grow. Uh, But then I got called back into the Air Force. They needed a job done. So I went back and did the Air Force for another 10 years. Oh, wow. Okay. So this is <laughs> definitely a project over decades. And then, Christine, how did your, like, how did you get involved in working with Brian? Because okay. you said you were seeing people and doing this work together. So I'm curious, yeah. like, was it a clinical setting? Was it group conferences? How were you no, helping? No, no, because of evolution. Because we're not, we, because we had no one to follow, yeah. we, we, had, we had to create everything. And I have always been very verbal. Okay. <laughs> and I, when I opened my language schools, I opened schools whereby the teachers were not allowed to use any books. Everything was verbal. And it was quite extraordinary watching students realise that um, learning to speak was completely different to learning a language. Okay, so a teacher had to be able to talk to the student, then write on a board behind them exactly what they just said. So the students could see the difference between the verbal language and the written. The usage of the written verbally is so vastly different. It's just not funny. Yeah. You know what, Christine? I'm hearing you say this and I... I get that because here's the interesting thing as a podcaster. So often we, you know, as a podcaster, we're told to reuse our content, get our transcript, make it into a blog, all these things, but you cannot make a blog from a transcript. I, I thank you for saying this because I've said that before. I said, no, the way that you speak and the way that you write, they are not they're not the same at all. And I, yeah. every time I pay for a transcript, I was like, no, what am I doing? Because <laughs> I'm going to end up rewriting it anyhow. So I'm glad you mentioned that because I don't think a lot of people realize that there's such a difference between our yeah, spoken and our written it's, language. It's, it's extraordinary. Right. I mean, people used to laugh at um, the Asian students when they were saying their numbers and they'd say um, 101, 102, 100. And people say, it's not 101, it's 101. And then the student would say, but you didn't say and. I I did. I said 101, 102, 100. Can't you hear the and? Yeah, barely, okay. right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. because yeah. this is the problem for, um, especially as most all our students were, were um, from about 15 upwards to 80, (laughs) Um, you know, they are hearing adults talking, which is not the way you teach a child. Right. Okay. So it's a big problem. So I was doing that, but slowly people said, why can't you write what you say? Christy, write it. And then I discovered that I had a skill. (laughs) 
because she also also we also had a pool and she did a, a unique only Christine because she doesn't follow she always leads a unique form of aqua fitness so she would work with the ladies there as well that came to that and they would say would you just write down what you what you just said there so the the school having the sco- verbal school and the writing gradually the two things came together so my writing is not as somebody would write a book, it's written more as you would have heard it as a child as such when you were actually learning life. <laughs> wow, that's incredible. I love this. This is there's so many interesting bits. And you know, and in the nature of the fact that this is about a you know 35, 40 minute podcast, we're not going to be able to get into all the details of how your hidden mind works, especially since it's something new. So I want to just pause for one second. Where, what is the website for, uh, just even for people who are like, what is she talking about? This is so interesting. How do I find out most? So just tell me the website before we go any further. So it's all one word, yourhiddenmind.com. That's Y-O-U-R-H-I-D-D-E-N-M-I-N-D.com. Yourhiddenmind.com. Okay, perfect. So I wanted to mention that because as we kind of, I'm going to ask a few more questions. And I remember the first conversation you and I had, I was like, I don't quite get it. But when I watched a couple of videos on YouTube, it made more sense to me. Your daughter does a really, I think your daughter must have inherited some of your skills, Christine, because I believe it is it her that's narrating the video. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I it made a lot more sense to me. So yeah. this is incredible. So you you realize this new way of of helping people to learn. It's one okay. Here's a question I have for you. There are a lot of different kind of practices. There's like like you said, there's EFT, there's hypnosis, there's meditation. So how is this different than some of those other practices? This system. We call it a pool because that's exactly what it is. You can, when you've got it, you can have it on any device and you can share it up to you. And it's a tool because it's for you to use that it comes with virtually no instructions. And this is the key difference. When you have this tool, instead of being able to think you know what your problem is and starting from the problem down, in other words, the top down. Um, This system doesn't give you that opportunity. It only gives you the opportunity to choose a number. That's all. And once you choose that number, you can select to either read something or listen to something. It is preferable for you to listen because when you read, you're still using your executive brain whether you're aware of it or not. When you listen, you you take away even that opportunity. So as you listen, because you don't know what is going to come to you, you haven't made that decision, you only chose a number, what comes to you opens the door to your subconscious. And you can have a 100, a 1,000 people listening to the exact same Thing that comes up with the number and every single person travels into their individual resting state it's amazing wow so are you would you say you're opening a door to the subconscious through these RAPs? tell me again what an rap stands for a rap rhythmic activating prose okay 
So it has a rhythmic process. It has a rhythmic because right. we all have a rhythm inside us. We still carry the beat of our carrier's heart. Oh, Christine and Brian, this is truly exciting and interesting and something that I, I mean, I just started diving into it myself and it's really revolutionary. And I, I love that you're sharing this message. I love that we're connecting across the globe. I think another big question for me, because we're here on the Wake Up With Gratitude podcast, is how does the way that you feel, like an emotion of gratitude, how does that fit into this, this tool? Like, is that, are, how are these emotions and things connected to the tool? Um, how? I just got a message from a, person in Harrogate, London, this morning, and just saying, asking, are there any live raps tonight? Because we do do free sessions every week. We have been doing them for years, and people use them as 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 their tool as well. Um, this chat, is there any live raps tonight? I'm learning so much about myself, and I just want to say thanks. Feels good to move on, but it was a bit of a shock um, once I knew and what it happened is I can't, he just said here, I can't even remember the rap I watched, but it was a bit of a shock, but I've saved it. I've told my fiance and I have something for us to watch together. I believe this will be the difference on what we have been doing to one another in circles. And I went back and just said, just remember when your fiance watches that replay with you, not only will you be now seeing it at a different level because you've already peeled one layer off, but she will also see it from her perspective. Okay, so it's a and that's the key. personal. It's so personal. We are utterly unique. Mm. Every person is utterly unique. Your memories, which we all have to have, otherwise we couldn't function. Without a memory, we can't function. But Regardless of the setting and who was there and what happened at the time, we what we take on and put in that memory and surround it with emotion and all the stuff that surrounds it is utterly unique to us and everyone. No one else can tell you what in, to do or make you do We have anything. another lady, one of our facilitators, and she's just taken a trip at the moment, and she sent a, a video. She was so excited. She went swimming in, in, the, Dubai. in Dubai, which she has not done. She couldn't get herself in the water, never mind go swimming. Not only did she swim, she did some somersaults in, in the, the water. water. And she said, I cannot thank you enough because this is what how my life I'm is. free to do these, these things, things now. That wasn't fr- literally so her fears would have held gratitude. her back. But she did it to herself. She mm. just used the tool. Yeah. But there, there is a connection to some emotions, though, right? You have, like, little characters of emotions. Oh, totally. Yeah. So explain to me how that part fits into the whole uh, tool, is the emotion, because you have little characters that, that you said. I do have yeah. a movie that was done by, by Disney. <laughs> yes, by that's right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and those, that movie's very accurate <laughs> on what we, we do. Yeah. Our little dudes and darlings actually came out of the Ukraine. Oh, our, art- our artist is in the Ukraine. <laughs> yeah, so who are so, these dudes and darlings? I, I noticed yeah. these, uh, you were, you know, Guido was explaining them. So who? how did they, did they connect? The dudes and darlings. Okay. It is suggested, and, but people don't have to do it, and many don't, that you have a look at these dudes and darlings before you do a rap. Not every time, but whenever you do. And for some unknown reason, one of the dudes or darlings 
the eyes will be looking at you. It'll just draw you in. Yeah, sometimes more than one. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And then you go and do your choice of rap. And after you've finished those raps, and we always say to people, one, two, or three maximum, you really don't need to do any more um, because they do use energy. After you've finished your raps, you go back and you look at the same dudes and darlings again. And the strangest thing happens. A completely different dude will be looking at you. Now, the reason behind this is when you look at the dudes and darlings before you rap, you are 100% in your executive state and you are focused on the thoughts Thought. that are in your head Which now. Which are the symptoms. The top things. After you rap, you've released yourself into your resting state. And so the dude or darling you now see will directly reflect something from your childhood. <laughs> this is so, ah, uh, there's so <laughs> much here. Um, I really, I love this. I think this is something that, you know, people can definitely like follow more on their own because there's, like you said, it's, it, you get to choose what you're doing when and how and making these, instead mm. of like really, you know, do it this way or follow this way. Like you said, there's a lot of individual choice because we're all individuals. Brian, who would you say, um, are the kinds of people that you tend to attract? Like, is there a specific, you know, age group or is it more women than men? Is there a specific person that's attracted to your work? Um, at, at the moment, we've got a lot of women, but it, it covers the spectrum. It's, nice. um, it's a penny. We, we cover people who have emotional problems. Yeah. Definitely. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But we've also attracted people with physical problems mm. because we found it works with physical problems. Of course, because emotions create yeah. physical. And we've we've done some work and we're trying to do some more work because, funny enough, it's it's very good for children, so it's good for mothers with children. Oh, okay. And so we have a, a, Tiny tots. a, a mood book, which is, <laughs> which is worth looking at. But the the children like the, the, the dudes and darlings, and it's because quite useful. You can say if a kid's having a bit of a problem, pick your dude and they'll pick up and it tells you how they're feeling. Right. Okay. Which is so it gives you which is yeah. good. Which and is good because you, children have a hard time expressing their emotions. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. They don't necessarily yeah. have the language, right? That's yeah. great. That's right. Yeah. Great idea. And then you can you can read them a rap or whatever, and the, the language will be way above their head. Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It still activates their memories at the levels that they've got an understanding. It vibrates and, right through them. And gets them in that little dreamland. And that's all you want. And then you can show them a dudes again and they'll show, pick a different dude. So uh, people we attract is a whole spectrum and there's mm. no one particular area. And, we, and we, language is not a bother either, a barrier, barrier either. We've got people all around the world, Japan, everywhere. And, you know, so if you're in the, a business person and you're stressed, Perfect system because you can pick up a rap, listen to a rap before you go in a meeting, make that call. When you come out of a meeting and you're you're going through the roof, just do a rap and it'll just bring you back down. Wow. Yeah, those are the sort of things. Oh my gosh, I love it. Okay, I love that we can connect with so many people. We do have we have a lot of um, you know females that do listen to the podcast, but definitely a lot of entrepreneurs. So I'm glad you mentioned the business part of what we do. And um, this ability to connect with pain, I think, is really important. Uh, it's interesting. The last um, few interviews have been with people talking about 
neuroplasticity and pain and how, you know, pain really exists in the brain. You know, once it's chronic pain, it exists in the brain. So this is amazing that you're addressing that. Uh, This is actually a part, this podcast is going to be a part of a series of three uh, podcasts on different ways to address neuroplasticity. So this is ideal for what what we're talking about on the podcast these days. Well, I'm... Sorry, no, yeah, go ahead. just on on that. Um, any pain that exists beyond five to six months is now embedded as a cellular pain yeah. because the cell that was impacted initially is no longer in your body. Right. Yeah. This is it's, it's amazing yeah. to me what our brains can do, which is why I was so excited to connect with yeah. you too. So as we wrap things up. Uh, I'm curious, do you personally have um, any ways that you practice gratitude on a daily or weekly basis? Or is like, is there any way gratitude shows up in your own life? Oh, uh, we are so, oh, we are so grateful. Um, Number one, I had a near-death experience. Um, So I know what it's like to virtually disappear um, I bled to death, just so you know. <laughs> Forty over nothing. Um, Brian has been involved in some in the war and in some major incidents, and he's still here. Gratitude. We. I look out every my, day. Look every out day. my front door at our beautiful scenery and think, "Thanks, I can't thank it enough." No. So we spend, and that just went right through day. my body. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, just having discovered this system, I'll say, just it, what it's done to our lives, I can't thank it enough. What it's done for our daughter, I can't thank it enough. Yeah. Oh, there's nothing better than a guest who just lives in gratitude because that oh. that is my goal. That is my vision. I dream totally. of a world where we all choose to wake up with gratitude. That's yes. what I live for. So yeah. totally. oh. thank, you. Well, thank you. Thank you so much, uh, Christine and Brian. Uh, before we go, just a reminder again, where's the best place to connect with you on your website? Facebook is a good Facebook is a really good one. I mean, our, our Facebook page, simply Your Hidden Mind, is where we do um, we do our free work, and it's not just ourselves. We have facilitators around the world, so they, they do um, some of the free work as well. Um, and... We also have a private group, but that doesn't really come into much because that's just for people who still want answers on why they chose certain rap numbers, um, and we help them and wean them off asking questions there. So just the but, website or your hidden mind nice. Facebook page, and I'm um, and I'm in LinkedIn, and I can. Oh, LinkedIn, yeah, yeah, but I don't do a lot in LinkedIn. I'm oh, a- and also people can download a free ebook, um, and once they download from the website and once they download that they then go on to an email list um and they get they are connected with we connect with them every week as well amazing thank you so much you it seems like you do a lot to serve the community especially in something so new and different so i appreciate that i thank you for sharing your story with us you know i love <laughs> hearing about your absolutely incredible story that you both you know choose to be grateful every day that you serve so many people in a new and different way that's helping so many. So thank you again for being a guest on the podcast today. Thank Thank you. you. And what wonderful questions you ask. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you. Appreciate the time. My pleasure. 
As you know, if you stick around right to the end, I share a little end secret with you, something about my life that most people probably don't know anything about. So when I was a kid, I grew up in Ontario, which is a province here in Canada, and it's right next to another province called Quebec. And let's be honest, there aren't really any major mountains in Ontario. There are definitely a few ski hills, but if you wanted to do any decent skiing, you had to travel over to Quebec. So we would often go over there for the Christmas holidays. Now, I was a bit of a late bloomer, and I didn't learn to ski until I was 12 years old. So one Christmas season, we drove to Quebec, and to get to where my family's uh, cottage was, or ski chalet, was about an eight or nine hour drive, often in very, very sketchy weather. And that year, I had said yes to trying out skiing lessons. Now, at 12 years old, I was the oldest by far in this kinder ski program. Yeah, it was called kinder ski. So it was really just for little kids. And it was so funny. So it's me, this 12-year-old, and every other child is under the age of six. But my parents thought that it would be a good idea to enroll me into this program. I definitely had a lot of fun, even though I was the only one who was the same height as the instructors, and I did have the chance to learn to ski on one of the bigger mountains that they have in Quebec. I'll never forget those memories of those first time on skis and learning to really enjoy being in the mountains. Maybe in another episode, I'll tell you about the time when I got to ski in Switzerland. Oh wait, I did in a previous episode wondering if you caught that episode when I shared about the time when I skied and it almost avalanched behind me. All right, I don't remember which episode that was after either, but I'm curious to know if you're the one sticking around for the end secrets. Let me know if you are. Just drop by on social media. You can find me on all the socials under Julie C.M. Boyer, which is my last name, and that's spelled B-O-Y-E-R. So I'm the same handle whatever social media you choose. I love it when you tag me on your Instagram stories. It's so wonderful to connect with podcast listeners. All right. Thanks friends. And we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening right to the end of the podcast. I hope this episode inspired you to choose to practice gratitude in different ways than you might have before. If you're not already following the podcast on your favorite app, all you have to do is click on the check mark or plus sign under the Wake Up With Gratitude podcast name to make sure that you're alerted of all the new episodes. If you really enjoy this podcast and want others to hear about it, it would mean so much if you could leave a review on your favorite app. Your review can help others to find the podcast and start to join us in choosing to wake up with gratitude every single day.